Welcome back to Off the Page with Mary Beth and Paige. Yeah, that's about that's the great. long and short of it. Uh, and Diego. Diego. So you'll hear his panting in the background. As it's basically a staple of the pod. So and wherever Mary Beth is, so is Diego. He loves me. Everyone's got to have a buddy. He's my buddy. So what's up? Well, not much. Uh, we're trying a new thing today. Yeah, we are. Okay, so we are considering adding some options for all of you hardcore hobgoblins out there. Basically, we are in the process of developing a Patreon, and we want to do it in a way that is accessible for our hobgoblins and in a way that you guys are getting content that you'll actually enjoy. So what we're thinking is adding some exclusive content for the Patreon, namely a podcast idea that I've had in the good old mind bank for a hot minute. Why don't you just say brain? <laughs> no, I prefer mind bank for so a hot minute. Mental Rolodex. Mental Rolodex. That's a, that's a good way. <laughs> for all you uh, millennial or Zoom Gen Zs out there who don't know what a Rolodex is, ask a grandma, no. aka a millennial. You could also Google it. It's just a place to put phone numbers. Yeah, basically. It's like a rolling thing. Not to be confused with a Rolex. Right, that's a watch. Which is a very expensive watch. Um, we anyway. Neither. Rolodex nor Rolex. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. So basically, one of the things that we've considered for the Patreon is uh, it's kind of a reverse of this podcast where I will be talking to Paige or guests or whomever about uh, what I'm currently watching. So if and that varies, can be sports. Thing. It could be sports. Right now we're rewatching Pretty Little Liars. The best. Uh, I've been watching Stranger Things like the rest of the world. Except for me. Yeah, except for Paige. I don't like Stranger Things. It scares me. But she's for some reason married the strangest thing around me. <laughs> Yeah. So that's one of the things we're thinking about. Obviously, you'd have greater access to us with the chat features. Uh, we're also considering posting some video content. So you can see our mugs. Yeah, our mean mugs um, and the dogs, which is really what I think everybody will be there for. Yeah, that's what I would be there for. And then finally, we're in the process of potentially developing a book club where if you would like to be a part of that book club, maybe have some book club meetings on like a live stream. And, and they get to pick the books. Yeah, and get, yeah. Well, they do, you know, votes and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that's something that might interest maybe you. Maybe you can get me to read a horror book. Ooh, The Shining. I've actually, that's one I would actually read. It's Stephen King, y'all. Um, so if Boy. any of those features sound good or you have any other recommendations leave a comment on instagram off the page with mb shoot us an email off the page with mb at gmail.com or follow us on twitter a couple other things that we have potentially in development are allegedly <laughs> one of us is going to figure out how to use tiktok 
Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. One of these days, I may actually even figure out how to spell it. Is it the C that's not there or the K that's not there? It's, I know how to spell TikTok. Don't worry. Well, okay. So Paige is going to be in charge of TikTok. Uh, <laughs> and we're also hoping to get something rolling with, uh, we want to get you guys, y'all's, you guys's, Ew. y'all's, <laughs> y'all's feedback on what y'all are reading, Always. what, what, what's meaningful, meaningful to you guys. Um, and we're trying to think of some themes and some ideas. If you have any, shoot us an email, reach out to us on social media or whatever floats your boat. So yeah, I think that's what we've got going on. Okay, that's a lot. It is super exciting stuff right at the top of the show. This is the premium content. content. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Do we want to get into the book? I guess, <laughs> if we must. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing any. We were I don't think any. so. Okay. If we are, then, you know, obviously. Oh, we do have, sorry, I cut you off. We do have plans in the works for having, you know, more guests on. So if you guys enjoy the guests, let us know. If you like just the original format, let us know. You know, we can sprinkle in both. I personally love it when more people join. But I can understand if you don't know us, that's really overwhelming. Like listening to the first kill. I'm like, who are these people? You know what I mean? I feel like we do a good job setting it up. But absolutely. I can see, you know, we're the OGs. Obviously. Cool kids. Anyway, yeah. So let us know. Yeah. There's a lot in uh, flex over here. So you just, if you in have thoughts. In flex or in flux or both? Oh, shoot. Is it flex? I think flux, but, you know, we are going to flex our muscles <laughs> and put out this green content. I think it's flex meaning like we're flexible to do what people want us to do is what I was trying to say. Is, is it in flux though? Leave a comment. Yeah. Let me know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So this week I read a couple different books, but we're only going to talk about the one because I had a couple in the works for a while and then it was one of those weeks where it was like bam 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 I finished all of them literally in the span of like an evening she's been reading and reading reading and listening and reading and reading some were purely audio and then like the one we're going to talk about today is I only listened on audio I did get the book in kindle format but I I liked listening it's a memoir so I'll get into it okay It's called Finding Freedom, A Cook's Story, Remaking a Life from Scratch by Aaron French. Okay, love that title. Yeah, it's great. And the cover is really pretty. Here, let me. It, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's got a picture of Aaron, the chef, and it's got holding a bunch of beautiful, I think they're peonies. Is that what those are? Or, oh, I I am not a, uh, arborist. Arborist. At all, the, the closest I've come is Arbor Mist, which is a very shitty wine that I consumed a lot of in undergrad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I'm having a mic problem. Those Michaels. What can you say? So, Finding Freedom: A Cook Story, Remaking a Life from Scratch, is by a woman named Erin French, and she is a chef in Maine. And I knew about her because I love HGTV and I love Joanna and Chip Gaines. Okay. Well, I mean, that's questionable. They don't love me so much as I love them. Yeah. You know, it's one of those problematic. Yeah. But I love that they have a channel devoted to home shows. I am just like my mother in that I will eat popcorn and watch home network shows of people decorating their homes and remodeling things. 
until the cows come home. I really love it a lot. And then they have their own network now. And so I can watch some of their stuff on Discovery Plus. And she has a show called The Lost Kitchen. And it's about her restaurant in Maine. And it's this really exclusive fine dining restaurant that she she's not a professionally trained cook by any stretch of the imagination. I'm here for it. She grew up in her dad's diner. So she knows how to do line cooking, basically. Okay. And then she started a supper club. And she has had multiple supper club iterations. And this book talks about her life, basically. It's her memoir. Okay. How old is she? I don't know. Maybe her 40s, 50s. Okay. Okay. I think 40s. Okay. She had a really hard life. Mm. Like she has a lot to write about. Okay. Um, she, you know, grew up in Maine and they were not very well off. Her mom taught and her dad worked as the owner of this diner and he was pretty abusive and awful. Oh. Um, so she starts off the book talking about her childhood and growing up in Maine and what that was like. And parts of it are pretty idyllic. Like she still obviously lives in Maine in the same town she grew up in. Right. This town is literally like 400 people big oh geez it's tiny and she um has this beautiful they have their restaurant the current restaurant and this grist mill that was like a huge thing in their town a grist mill i think it's a grist mill it's a mill of some kind they what is milled. a grist mill i don't know i have to look it up i don't know moral of the story it's not operational and it hadn't been for her entire life that's the grist then, of it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna feel really foolish if it's not a grist mill because now i'm well, no one knows what that is, so you could like, you know, say whatever, and we'd all be like, I'm "Okay, look cool." It up she so she grew up in Maine, and then she goes off to college. She wanted to be a doctor, a doctor, a doctor, and bump, bump, bump. She ends up getting pregnant her freshman Ooh. year of college. So she comes home. The dad is not in the picture. And so she basically like lives with her parents and is struggling and trying to get back on her feet. And she finally finds this great job at like a really nice bistro in town. She's making real money. She has her own apartment. She's got her little boy. It's Aww. all fine and good. And then she meets this man 20 years older than her and marries him. And he's also abusive and terrible. Ooh. He's an alcoholic. Um, I'm not really spoiling anything. Like if you watch the show, you already know all of this. What's the name of her show on HGTV? The Lost Kitchen. Oh, it's not on HGTV. Okay. It's on Magnolia. Now. Oh, sorry. Sorry. They're different, very much to my chagrin. I used to watch it on Discovery Plus, but now my grandma is saying you can't find Magnolia stuff on Discovery Plus. They are their own network, so you have to buy that app instead of just... Listen, it was a huge bone of contention. Listen. She fought me on it. Your grandmother also couldn't figure out how to turn on Netflix, so... Listen, I am not known to be, apparently, the child or the grandchild that will fix <laughs> said technology, even though I do exactly what the other people in my family do that she waits for. You so, know, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You know how you are those certain people in your family? Like, oh, 100%. And honestly... I don't. It doesn't matter if you're 10 or 31. Your grandma will still be like, no, I'd like your sister to fix that. You know, honestly, that may fine. be to your benefit because <laughs> no offense to any of my grandparents who are all deceased, God rest their souls, but... I don't know that being the point person for grandparents technology is really like a prime position to be in. Yeah. I mean, she did FaceTime me later and help me. I had to help her figure out how to print package labels for returning things. Oh, gosh. Sometimes even I struggle and with And then that. she couldn't get the FaceTime on and she couldn't oh, figure out how to flip no. the camera. It was a whole thing. Anyway, that's, you know, it's very sweet. I love her. She's fine. 
I just thought it was funny. Okay, so you can watch it on Magnolia Network. Okay. And it shot pre-pandemic. And then I know that the Magnolia Network debuted like during the height of the pandemic. Like I remember watching it at the other house. Oh, okay. So like you can, I think you can still watch most stuff on Discovery Plus. If you, we don't have like a actual cable subscription. So if you have cable, you have to like buy Magnolia. Oh, It's like part okay. of a block of sh- channels. But uh, she created this show, I think. So basically her her current restaurant, The Lost Kitchen, is so popular. And it's not, you can't call to book. You can't go on open table and book tables. You have to write them a letter. Oh, gosh. And it's literally like in April, they open bookings. Because you uh, can't, it's not a year-round restaurant. Gen Z, if you also don't know how to write a letter. <laughs> <when laughs> I'll help Googling, you. I teach, yeah. how to, I teach fifth graders how to write friendly letters. So When you're uh, Googling a Rolodex, letter writing may that. also come up. So there yeah. you go. It's like it's like a real-world email. Sure, sure. It's sure. wild. You can hold it in your hands and everything. It's crazy. So they only take bookings through writing these letters and you basically have to like plea to them because it's a lottery so they pick their favorites oh at first i think they like just chose them based on like who they wanted right and now i think they just like throw, you know put a bunch in a hat and pick them out pick them out and then you get you get told what day you get to go oh geez i really want to go to this restaurant it seems very small it's very intimate it's the oh it's it would be like going to a supper club have you ever done supper clubs before no okay i did them in college they Not were really nice potlucks count yeah that would that's okay yeah i've been a part of a very exclusive supper club uh all the homeschoolers at our church oh boy. here we go bring uh dishes to church and we would eat Mm. uh which in my opinion is my favorite part of a supper club but (laughs) maybe that's just me yeah it's a grist mill okay i was right yes hold on what is grist grist mill definition i think it's how you it's like milling grain yeah you grind grain to make like flour okay Grain and flowers. So it's like if you want to be an arborist and make beer. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Anyway, so they, uh, she opens this restaurant and it's super popular and it's very exclusive. And the food is prepared. They have an open kitchen. So you watch them prepare everything. And she really wants it to be one of those things where it feels like you're coming into her home and she's cooking for you. How How many seats are we talking here? I think... There's only like 20 tables. Oh, okay. So, so it's this super is like... duper like tiny. Oh, okay. So it's a whole is... experience too. You go at like a certain time and you start downstairs and her mom serves you wine and you get oh. to like pick your bottles and it's a set menu. Like you don't order. You it's, get that, you that get primo one... arbor, arbor mist. <laughs> so, but you can like pick different wines and things. Okay. Uh, it looks really cool. And yeah, then you like slowly move your way up into the dining room and you have like hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. But she whores doors whores to over us um she <laughs> talks about why she sets up her restaurant that way and like why she keeps coming back to this like tiny tinier dining experience and like mm-hmm. having it be more led by the patrons not necessarily it's more like led by the environment and how she's feeling and all of that she talks about you know in the show they set up all of the people that work for her uh and a lot of it is like family and things like that. Okay. And it's like they all lived in this small town. So she's known a lot of them for a really long time. Like her employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's all women except for one man. They have one okay. like line cook who's a dude. Okay. And he seems awesome. Everybody we'll else is it. women. We'll allow it. And she 
in the show made a point to like talk about why that was important to her and like helping other women um, oh, make sure they have awesome. a livable career and like can afford things and pay for their families and things like that. How often are they actually fun- like uh, serving meals? It's it's for seasons. So it's like oh, okay. spring and summer, I think. They open it. Okay. The cards, you can send stuff in January and then I think they open it in April. Okay. So they'll take Very bookings cool. from this time, you know, like seasonally. Okay. Because it's Maine. So who's going to go to Maine in the height of winter? No one. <laughs> I mean, I think in a small town, like to get to Freedom, Maine, I think it would take a bit. Yeah. You know, it's not close. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, I, I liked her book. I liked knowing more of her backstory. I didn't realize kind of the contextualization of, I thought originally that her son was through her first marriage and that's not the case okay um and i she actually had a, an addiction problem so she okay. checked herself into rehab and she lost everything her husband Aww. her ex like divorced her took the building that had her restaurant took her son it was like a almost her son yeah like a five-year battle custody battle it was a mess did he adopt the kid and then i don't know all the, oh, those specifics geez, um i think my one like nitpicky thing with the book is she talks about how much she loves her son but you don't get a picture of who the kid is oh she okay. and I, that could just have been a personal choice because she's right. writing this about herself and i'm sure she didn't i'm sure her son was like yeah um you already have cameras poking in my life yeah. i'm good how old is the kid now i think he's like 18 okay know? so he's not like a child N- not anymore no. okay a child of god <laughs> as faith would say yeah so i really liked this it helped kind of establish more of her background and training but i liked the way she she was very descriptive so listening to the audiobook was nice too because it was her reading it oh okay that was going to be one of my questions so it's actually the author and the person who the book's about reading the audio which is why i got the audiobook instead because i had gotten the kindle version and i was like "Mm, i'll listen to this instead very cool um and I like how she views food. It's a lot of the same way I view food. It's like a very communal experience. You know, it's like made with love and dedication. And she puts a, a nice panache on things. Like she'll like add extra things that I wouldn't personally think about. And she forages mm-hmm. for some stuff. And she does a lot of stuff that's, you know, a, very main, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, She's out in the woods rooting around for stuff. My favorite passages are when she uh, gets out of rehab. That's not spoiling anything because, you know, you know she gets out of rehab because she has a restaurant. Anyway, she gets out of rehab and she gets this dog because her son's no longer with her and she has to live on her parents' house in the back house. And there's like no plumbing. And there's like all of these things where she's like, I feel incredibly lonely. And so she gets a dog. And so she gets this adorable dog and it reminded me of Delilah. Oh, a baby. A little baby. What's the dog's name? She totally says it and now I've forgotten. Wow. If you know the dog's name, leave a comment. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I kept thinking about Delilah. So every time I heard her name, I just said, Sweet baby. Or Paisley Elizabeth. Because she does run away the first night. And that made me think of Paisley. Yeah. When dogs run away, I'm like, where are you going? Especially rescue dogs. It's like, where are you going? Oh, but that's the best part. She just, she goes looking for her in the middle of the night and she can't find her because they live in like a forest. Uh And the dog's still just there on the front porch when she wakes up in the morning, protecting the front door. Oh, it was a baby. Just a baby. Yeah. So I liked a lot of the descriptions that she used to explain what things looked like or how she really felt in the moment, especially when she was talking about the ride of, she started taking all of these pills and why she did it Mm -hmm. for anxiety and, and how she like 
loves so much what she gets to do, but it's also incredibly draining. And I understand that feeling like to love something fiercely, but it also is literally sucking the life out of you. Yeah. I've also heard that people who are in the restaurant industry. Oh, that's super common. Yeah. Who do that for a career have like super high rates of depression. Yeah. Mental illness and suicide because they typically long hours you're at work when everyone else is out having fun. Uh, Yeah. It's hard to find a sense of community too. Cause I get the feeling that it's like very toxic to work. Oh, if my chili, if my chili's experience (laughs) is anything to go off of very, very toxic. You know, it's so funny that uh, I had a dream about Chili's last night. I what? Dream- yeah, I know. It's so random. I mean, we have and, talked about it recently. So Yeah, but I didn't know you were doing this book. Oh, and that so, is kind of weird. I, like, I didn't know what we were going to be talking uh, about today. And yeah, I had a dream that I was like back waiting tables or hostessing or something. And uh, it took all of five minutes into my first shift for someone to come in and start yelling at me. Love so you. Love that. Be nice. Be nice to your your waiters and waitresses and hostesses. Just be nice to people in general. Yeah, I, I guess I, that's a good rule of thumb. I think so. Yeah, I, I just get the feeling that I have friends that are friends. I have a friend, uh, an old roommate of mine, Tiff Tiff. She's great. She actually has her own podcast. And like oh, media check it empire. out. Afros and Knives. Draw? Yeah, Afros and Knives. It's okay, the best. She's okay. the best. Okay, five out of five stars. Oh, and she makes... Honestly, the best guacamole I've ever tasted in my Ooh, life. Girl, she knows. I this. don't like guacamole. Don't, I know you don't. Don't hate. But. She is the best, and she. When I lived with her, I was. I'm a recovering, you know, like eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Sorry, that sounded weird. <laughs> you I'm are. A, I have. I'm in recovery for an eating disorder. I don't know. That's like a constant thing. It's right, just in the right, back of my mind. Right. But living with her was super helpful because she took the intentionality of like baking bread and like showing me that mm. things that are slower are, are good for you. Like it, mm. if it takes longer, that's probably better and oh. it makes the food more enjoyable. Can I ask you a question about that? And, yeah. You know, we can cut this out obviously. If, sure. You know, what experience do you have as someone who has had issues around food in the past? Mm-hmm. Uh, and wh- the present. Well, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. That's kind of what you know. Yeah, it you never were it never goes away. It's yeah, always there. yeah. One of those things that's going to ebb and flow. Mm. But people who have like eating disorders or addiction or something like that, I've heard them say it's not something you get over. It's something that you are constantly having to have that internal monologue with mm-hmm. yourself and that check in. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's kind of what you've experienced, but as someone who is in a constant state of recovery from an eating disorder, what was reading this book about food like? Was it? I mean, it wasn't so much about the food necessarily so much as like her intentionality of like why it's important to her. Mm -hmm. So there is something like therapeutic. I'm not going to go out and read a ton of these, right? Uh, Like types of memoirs. I've already read a lot of them. I like Anthony Bourdain's books. Right, right. You know, I like salt, acid, heat. Like I enjoy because I think my perspective on food now is very different after being a nanny for so long, after being married and I do the bulk of our cooking. Mm -hmm. There is something and she says it multiple times in the book that it's a way you care for people. It's a way Mm -hmm. that you show up for them. It can be therapeutic for you to make it, but it's also therapeutic for them to enjoy and eat it. And that's why she has an open kitchen. And that's why she gets to see them because she enjoys that 
process so much of not just making the food and making it look pretty and making it taste good. She wants to watch you enjoy it. Mm. There's something like there's a gift for her in that, in that as well. Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah. So I think it's so interesting because it's one of those things that we have to do to stay alive. We have to eat. Right. But it's one of those special things that are essential to living Mm -hmm. that can have such a different context around it, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on your perception, depending on uh, what else is going on. So like you can turn it into a community event. Like the other things that we do that we have to do to survive, like breathing or, you know, whatever. I would venture to say community is also like essential oh absolutely surviving. absolutely i think you're 100 percent correct and that's what yeah she talks she talks about that and that's also how i view it like i'm i'm not one like i'll watch stuff when i'm eating mm-hmm. but i if i've made it i try to be really intentional and that's why i like to sit at the table or mm-hmm. not eat on the couch because mm-hmm. it helps me stop and like if if we're eating like i've made you this food a lot of times you know you want to sit and watch it in front of the tv and whatever Right. But there are times where I ask you to just come sit with me yeah. so that we can yeah. talk because it is like a communal thing and I want to know if it's good and I want to know if you like it. Is that helpful for someone who is recovering? I don't know from- if it's helpful for other people, but it's helpful for me. Uh, with yeah. your eating disorder? Yes. Interesting. And that's why I like, it was really bad late high school, mm-hmm. early college. Mm-hmm. And my roommates had a supper club and my one roommate was a really good cook. Like she had actually been cooking a long time for her family. And so just by circumstance Mm -hmm. and she was really good and she did a great job like if I was sick or I didn't feel well she would always sit and eat with me which I felt I think that probably started a lot of the healthier aspects of like trying to not look at food as like an enemy or a weapon I used it as a Mm -hmm. weapon against myself Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was kind of the only thing you know a lot of times people with eating disorders will talk about like it's the only thing you can control Mm -hmm. and so when I felt like everything else was out of my control it was something I could hold on to. But now I look at, if I feel that way, I don't look at the food as the thing to control against myself. I look at it as that means I need community more. Like mm. I need to ask for help or relationship mm. rather than poisoning myself another way. Interesting. No, so food awesome. is like now the in almost. Like if I can have a meal with somebody and break bread, I look at it as like communion with myself, but also to help make myself feel more whole. And that's why I like cooking now. I think it was harder for me when I was like single and ready to mingle. (laughs) No, but for a long time too, you know, my sister did a lot of the cooking when we lived together. Mm -hmm. Amy does a lot of their cooking now. There's just something very like super healing about Mm -hmm. somebody else taking care of you. Like there's something Mm -hmm. really nice about cooking for someone else, but there's also something in the receiving that I find really special. So like when you made tacos the other night, because I was just too tired and I didn't want to, and I was watching whatever I was watching. I was like, Pretty Little Liars, most likely fan vids. Probably. I don't remember what I was doing. No, it was only murders in the building. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, yeah, I, that is appreciative because mm, it's yeah. like a, a very practical way to take care of somebody. Interesting. No, I think that that's so interesting and important. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing, obviously, because I'm yeah, not. Yeah, we're going to have to put some trigger warnings on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which you should have trigger warnings for this book because it was. I can't imagine the hurt that went into writing this because like she's had to live it one time and she probably had to relive a lot of it. I can't imagine all her therapy bills. Very, very triggering. I am someone who hasn't necessarily struggled as much with eating disorders, but I have known 
so many people who have, especially yeah, women, pity. not to say that men can't uh, struggle from eating disorders, but from my experience, at least, uh, it's typically women and this idea of like body image issues and control uh, in this way of, you know, trying to... Yeah, it's like what, when you're a kid, everything seems like the end of the world because it is kind of for you, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like weaponizing what you can in right. order to harness your own like voice in a way. Yeah. And when I didn't feel like people were listening or when mm -hmm. I felt really out of control, I was like, well, that I can control. But I can see how healing it would be as an adult or as you've gotten older to have people reframe the way in your relationship or help you reframe yeah. the way in which you see food yeah. and how important that is. Well, I think I also think my parents did. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't need to put them on a pedestal for anything, but they uh, did a good job of like food was always about relationship in my house growing mm. up. And I think that's also why I tried to use it as a weapon because mm. I was mm. having a really hard time with them specifically. Right. So lots of layers there. Yeah. Like it's like they, a seven layer dip. They, <laughs> they did a great job at hosting people. They were mm. always like a big party house. My mom is a pretty good cook. She doesn't always love doing it, but my dad's a great foodie. Like he loves food. He like, he's a great cook, but he, um, you know, like, we were that weird family growing up that like always ate together. Oh, we did too. That was yeah. like a big thing. And if you didn't make it to dinner, mom would watch you eat it at the counter. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, just so you didn't have to eat alone. Like oh, if we were late like, for oh, sports oh, oh, oh. or yeah. band yeah. practice or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. It was always like one of the only spaces we all came together besides church. Mm, yeah. And it was the less public version, you know? Yeah. It's more private. No, I like this idea of thinking about food in a way that it is essential to nourishing our bodies, but when you can combine it with some of these other essential needs like community, yeah. laughter, love, doing it with people who you care about, yeah. uh, making sure that you're you know, getting that connection from people who matter most, mm -hmm. uh, how important that is. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Did she address any of this? It kind of sounds like she addressed some of this in her book. Maybe um, not from an her eating addiction, disorder. Yeah, her addiction issues stemmed from her anxiety, mm, from I like financial that. pressure because her and her husband had started this business oh. and it was, it was sucking the life out of her. She oh. was doing all of it and he was... Just Oof. taking and taking and taking and taking. What kind of business? Was this was a, a, a restaurant? Kitchen. Yeah, she yeah, had a restaurant. Yeah. Okay. And she started it, you know, with her own two hands, her own money. And it was kind of like a pet project for him, but it was her whole world, her whole world. So, mm. you know, I think she doesn't, she doesn't have the same issues that I have with food. But, right, right, right. But, um, but you, you can empathize with having this, this mental health issue that really affects your life yeah i mean i also have anxiety so right, like i'm right. not medicating but i think it's a testament to her that uh she did realize it. like she checked herself into rehab kind of forcefully like obviously people were kind of giving her ultimatums at that point right but she knew like you are the one that has to do the work right because even if right. somebody checks you in yeah you are still stuck with yourself <laughs> so, absolutely no um, so like i think her her motivator is her her son like taking mm -hmm. care of him right and being um, the mom that she knows she can be but it was also just this undercurrent of how can I give back to my community how can I give back to the world and I think that's you know my dad always talks about having a job versus having a vocation 
understanding the difference between like what is your passion and calling Mm. and it's not always perfect and she talks about that like owning a restaurant is super stressful yeah even now even now when she's financially stable even now when she's remarried and has a family Mm. that's very very stable and a home life that is not the same as anything she's had right in the years previous and she's not the same person right so like but it's still it sounds exhausting absolutely so like there's something to be said though that she obviously keeps coming back to this because i think it's what she feels like she knows how to do and she's found something precious in that, like, yeah, it gives the world something else, you know? Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, making food to her is a way to, you know, it's that perfect marriage of making money so career along with finding a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like for her, that's, that's what this restaurant's all about. Yeah. There's this quote where she said, um, walls had never defined me like I th- had once thought. It was what brought what I brought from my heart, my hands and soul to the space within it that defined me. Mm. You know, so she's talking about how she's had all of these iterations of different mm. spaces that she's mm-hmm. done this work in. And she is expressing, I think, in a lot of the back half of the book, especially once she's out of rehab. She talks more about how you can create the environment you want to be in. Mm. Like you have more power than you think. Right. And you can you can figure out t- how to be an industrious person and fix what's broken mm-hmm. and make it whole. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably why I like watching cooking shows or like watching home improvement shows. There's some, something really therapeutic, mm. like my favorite hometown. They don't throw stuff away on that show, which I love. It's all about restoration. It's restoring mm. what's broken, not taking it and making it brand spanking new mm. because that's not how the world works. Like once you break it, you have to figure out how to fix it how to either how to fix it or remake it into something else you know so that broken door can instead be a table right that sort of thing of like it's never going to be the same as it once was but that doesn't doesn't mean mean it's irreparably damaged yeah or that it's now going to a landfill well yeah that's another question or that's another thought entirely (laughs) issue um but yeah and she yeah she has some just really nice thoughts she says i wanted to serve i wanted to entertain and host i wanted to take in strangers and feed them my Mm. love on a plate as Mm. a woman i felt it innately joy i felt a most innate joy in caring for people something that felt so natural to me something that i craved to do Mm. so i don't necessarily think that's because i'm a woman necessarily right i feel that urge but i also feel that with my job you know right some people derive a lot of meaning and sense and purpose from helping others and connecting with other people in a way that they need. Yeah. And if I was a much better chef, I, I would totally go cook for a season in a restaurant or something. Really? Yeah. I think I would, I think I would enjoy that. That might make me hate food again. I don't know. Yeah. It depends yeah. on what I'm not going to Chili's, you know, <laughs> I, I would go somewhere Hi, welcome else. to Chili's. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Yeah. Don't um, go to Chili's. Unless it's to get a triple dipper. <laughs> Even then, don't go to Chili's yeah, and get a the triple last dipper. Time we the last time we went, we had... That was rough. Blowing it up. <laughs> it's not a good scene. No, not a good 10, scene. 1010 would not recommend. No, absolutely not. Um, but I do 1010 recommend this book. No, I, I wouldn't put it at it. Yeah. Let's do a like four out of five Okay. Stars. Okay, that's I thought solid. it was pretty good. That's solid. Um, I'm not going to go reread it. It was a hard story to read the first time. But I'm glad she wrote it. I think it does. She's not kidding when she says she's remaking her life from scratch. Because I think the best, this book really hits its stride in her checking into rehab and in her talking about everything that comes after that. What Mm. does your life look like in rebuilding everything? Her reputation, 
in this small town, her family. Mm. Um, and I definitely teared up at the end when she talks about all of the specific women that she cooks with now mm. and how she knows them. And she talks about her mom specifically. Aww. And she give, like devotes a whole entire chapter to how much her mom has grown and changed oh. and how much she's become a better person. Oh, it's really fascinating. That, that was really fascinating. lovely. So you'd give it overall four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is not an ass clapper. Um, no. What about a heart thumper? Yeah, I mean, I teared up. You did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, both books I finished yesterday, I teared up, but for different reasons. <laughs> what uh, what age range would you say this is appropriate? Oh, like for? adult. It's adult. an adult okay. memoir. I do. Okay. I don't think children should be anywhere near this book. Yeah. It's yeah. It sounds like pretty some adult trigger themes. warning heavy. I don't think children should be anywhere near this podcast either. <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. Good point. Ash, turn this off <laughs> right now. Go to your room. Go I'm to your kidding. room. I'm just kidding. Shout you know out. what? They're probably like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, no joke. No joke. I'm gonna keep listening. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. tell a teen not to do something, they're, they're gonna, gonna go do like, it. They're gonna I do will. it with gusto, actually. Yeah. God bless yeah. them. Middle fingers up. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's hilarious. No, yeah, it was good. It was a bit of a heart thumper. There were moments there where I was like, oh, no, this is not going well for her. This is yeah. a bad scene. I have felt that about my own self, like <laughs> internally. Oh, no, this, oh, no, is, this not... is not good. Ugh. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. No, but I really did like it. I, once again, it's Finding Freedom, A Cook's Story, Remaking Life from Scratch by Erin French. And I do recommend you go watch her, her show. They did some really great things during the COVID surge to help, you know, continue to have a business. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty inter- enterprising. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Enterprising. With, okay. you know, what they did. Nice. Um, Very nice. And that's what season two and three, or season two was about, is like during COVID they filmed. Oh, so understanding okay. where everybody was okay. during that. Um, what? And how, how, do, how do they get people in the restaurant when you can't really dine with other people? Is uh, the book both pre and concurrent with the tv show or does it like drop i mean it, off before the show no she talks about the show I, I, like at the very end okay. she talks okay. about it do you know what year this came out mm, no but i can look it up hold on the year was 2025 <laughs> this is a book from the future future reads uh 2021 so yeah it came out hot during off. the pandemic Hot off the presses. So, yeah. She, she like, mentions pivots and things like that, but she doesn't go into great depth. I think that's where the show is supposed to pick up. Got it. You know, season yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Because um, she briefly glosses over her, st- her story in the show, but, you know, it's much more when you're reading a 400-page book. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a little more in depth. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, I liked it. I, I'm a sucker for a redemption arc. Mm, yeah, you are. Um, yeah love that love that journey for her (laughs) love reading that journey for her yeah and you know this might not be obviously for everybody with a recovering or eating disorder but i enjoy still watching food shows right reading things about like i i want to read that stanley tucci memoir because it's about Mm, food and because it's stanley and it's stanley tucci so so we can't go wrong but it's stuff like that like i'm open to reading books about that sort of thing because i find it interesting because there's always like some sort of bent that each author has like i've read a bunch of michael Pollan stuff you know like the great omnivore or the omnivore's dilemma and mm. eating animals and those are all books i've read before that are about food yeah so I've it's heard not triggering people, in the same way 
Yeah, I've heard some people say that it's actually beneficial for people who are recovering uh, eating, people who have an eating disorder and are in recovery because it like helps remind them to eat, helps reframe the way they're thinking about food. I think it just helps me reframe how I think about food. And I do enjoy eating. Like that was never really a problem, even in high school or college. You know, when I was having this problem, it wasn't ever about the food. Right. Right, right. It was about how do I feel in my body? Right. What is this doing to it? Right, right. Type of thing. Like, it was, yeah. Absolutely. You know, control. Yeah. Be like, how can I stick it to the man? Just kidding. The man is myself. Uh, <laughs> if I don't feed it, it doesn't feel good. So, yeah. No, but I really recommend people read this. I liked it. I do recommend the audiobook, too. Yeah. It was a little boring to read it on the page, so I'm glad I found the audiobook. Nice. There was something she lifts off the page with her voice it feels like she's telling you the story of her life which you know that's, that's how always, it should be uh, yeah absolutely anything else for the good of the order no but i feel like i'm in church all of a sudden i feel like Hallelujah. i'm in a church meeting yeah something like that no that was it uh hop goblins i hope you're well i hope you're enjoying your summer and, and doing great yeah that's it hit it fergie all about have a great week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Off the Page with MB. Bye. 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 Yeah. Hello. Okay. Hi. How's it going? What's going on? You know, I am living the dream. How about you? Yeah, it's it's fine. Oh well. Tragedy has befallen me. It's fine. I don't know. Am I two or are you two? Yeah, you're two. I'm four. Four? Four. No. What? Yes. Why are only one and two lit up then? Because those are on mute. Oh, you're muted. (laughs) Wait, no, you're three and I'm four. Is that better? Now I can't really. Uh, okay, there, there we go. Fine, whatever. Okay.